Welcome to Wondering, a series of immersive podcast gallery walks brought to you by Shade Podcast and Axel Gakutia. Sponsored by Bloomberg Connects, the free arts and culture app. Today, we meet writer, editor, and broadcaster Kayo Chingoni at Graves Gallery as he meditates on process and practice and what Patrick Caulfield's The Hermit reveals to him. Gallery on Surrey Street. The Graves Gallery is up a really narrow, steep staircase in the building that also has the Central Library in Sheffield and the Music Library in Sheffield, the Children's Library, and it's kind of like a, a hub of culture here. And for me, this was a focal point for a long time in my late teens, early 20s, when I was um, studying for a degree at the University of Sheffield. I'm a writer, editor, broadcaster. Effectively, writing is a through line in my life. It's kind of inspired me to, to revisit visual art as well lately. Picking up a camera again and thinking about that as a form of writing as well. Visual art is a way of being in your body in a totally different way than I was used to. So I would come, I would look at this one particular artwork, which is called The Hermit by Patrick Caulfield. The colors to me look very much like three color comics from the 1950s, very bright technicolor images. There's this image of like a lone figure looking out into an expanse, but the expanse is like golden, bright. 
So there's a loneliness and solitude there, but there's a hope as well, which um, at that time, there was a lot of that like sense in my body of a kind of profound loneliness or disquiet or unease. Um, a lot of the kind of psychological issues that I needed to work through hadn't been worked through and it hadn't occurred to me to work through them and visual art was a way. It strikes me that visual artists use the medium as a way of working through certain things. You can see it in brush strokes, you can see it in the grain of photographs. You can see it even in like aspects of composition, what they choose to leave in and leave out, what is a ghost in the image. All of these things are really fruitful, like to have these beautiful windows. And I would come and I would look at that particular one, the hermit, and it would make me feel like a renewed hope that like this moment of despair was fleeting. That's my kind of like abiding memory of this place is still haunted by that same feeling of like peace and ease and reflection. Produced 
they would have been to the people who made them were around them. They would have been like commonplace in a way that they're not anymore, which is crazy to me. Wandering is sponsored by Bloomberg Connects, the arts and culture app. The free app offers access to more than 250 cultural organizations for a single download, with new guides being added every week. To explore the Graves Gallery guide and many more, download the app today from the App Store or Google Play. I think what it would incorporate if I were to contribute to a space like this is something around the frame you put around something, the frame you put around the world. So I feel like a really beautiful way to do that in gallery spaces is with sound, to add another frame almost through sound, through installation, through the way light is handled as well. Um, Part of that is to do with the intimacy of approach, the like connection between the image and the person. Um, but also that feels to me like writing. When you're writing like a story or you're describing a place, you are setting down the kind of contours. And I love the way curators do that by kind of giving you nudges and gestures into how to, how to feel in a place like here. The, the kind of gesture I would make in, in a space like this is, is to really collaborate, I suppose, with the people who might come along in terms of how meaning is made. The sounds that you hear in a gallery space, they're a part of that experience of a particular painting or sculpture or, or object. I had that when I saw the statue of David. It was like, the spectacle of people trying to see the statue of David was, a, you know, it was an important part of seeing it. And I took a couple of photographs with my camera and some are of the people kind of viewing the scene and some are of like the, the sculpture in scale to the people viewing the scene as well, like the feet and things like that. But yeah, that's the thing I'm really, I'm really interested in. How can you incorporate the sound of gallery spaces into how gallery spaces show work. What's interesting is that lots of my lots of my imagination has to do with touch and texture um, when I think about sound. 
So there's a kind of um, almost like um, corduroy. That kind of that kind of feeling is like a very formative, foundational texture. There's a smoothness and a roughness at the same time. There's a there's a feeling of when you look at something and it it suggests smoothness, and then there's a an, a texture underneath that that you can feel. I'm really moved by that. And then in terms of like a visual language, I'm really drawn to patterns as well. Um, yeah, I really love things like chevrons and herringbone and dogtooth and even tweed, things that have like a, that kind of woven pattern to them. Yeah, even down to the like the floor might have a certain tessellation and pattern to it. This particular gallery, I like the way it's not arranged along a kind of surgical, precise perspective. I feel like you kind of move through the gallery, it's kind of like a circle, and you pick up things. Your eye picks up things as you go along. And so your pathway is somewhat guided, but there's a freedom there to explore and see what you want to see. I feel like non-linear time is something that artists are always working with in some way. Um, I guess because of the way if you make something, it kind of outlasts you if you preserve it. And so even as it could be a record of 1980, of 1800, of whenever it is, it maintains a contemporaneity that human beings don't. One of my touchstones is, is a quotation from this kind of compendium of African photographers that I have, and photographers that interviewed was kind of like, I will continue making pictures as long as I physically can, which was, I guess, thinking about that physical limitation of like a finite span of life in a human body and the ways that making art kind of, it, it gestures towards the eternal properties in time um, because preserved in this way these works of art that we're kind of surrounded by will last longer than the average lifespan maybe they'll double it, triple it, quadruple it if we're lucky It's fascinating to me how we're being met with this kind of record of time as something non-linear of past, present and future being flattened into a continuum and not being discrete separations. I feel like that's a really like subtle but artful gesture that's happened in the curation.
I don't think we're made as human beings to produce products in the way that machines are. I think as human beings we're made to produce, I suppose, records, records of process. I feel like there's a, a moment of reckoning at the moment in relation to generative AI and things made by machine. Um, and I feel like the thing that we, that we preserve in our art making as human beings isn't actually like a pathway towards excellence and proficiency, but instead it's, it's the way excellence and proficiency can be balanced against frailty, failure, uh, incompletion. I feel like the trying out is sometimes more important, meaningful, reflective of being human than the kind of completed artifact, the product. Episode 3 of Wondering, a four-part series of immersive podcast gallery walks with contemporary creatives. Wondering is produced by Lou Mensah and created by Axel Gakoutier for Shade Podcast. Award-winning conversations on art and representation. Subscribe today to hear future episodes featuring our guests, Zakir Sul, Nabir Iqbal, and Harold Ofei as they discover artworks at the National Portrait Gallery, Sir John Soane's Museum, and Dulwich Picture Gallery. See you next time.